The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the uh, second edition of The Chris Sheeran Show, live on thefacebook.com. Uh, I am Chris Sheeran. This is Lou DiPietro. Uh, our Twitter handle is Lou DiPietro, yes. Chris Sheeran, yes, with the little at symbol in front. Uh, we're back for our second go-around. So I guess the first one was okay, so we can do this Hashtag again. Hashtag we made it. Hashtag we made it indeed. And we are coming to you live from uh, Bob Lorenz's desk. Uh, it's not really his, but Well, he's, he's he the one who's here. It. You and him are... Uh, the, the co-owners of the most time here, I would say. Uh, pretty much. You for Michael K and Bob for pre and post. Yeah. So. And Nets pre and post game yeah. and so on and so on. Also, so Jack, on. we can't leave Jack out. Jack as well. Nancy Newman, so, yeah. all our analysts, right, everybody. So, Everyone except for me, really. That works here. There you go. We're, we're at the desk in the studio. Uh, we've got lighting. Our, our buddy, George Gracillo, who's won Emmy after Emmy for lighting. Uh, this studio uh, helped us out with some light because our uh, our buddy Kevin Sullivan told us we weren't lit well enough in the conference room uh, the last time we did I this. I thought we were pretty pale. I don't know about you. But. You know what? Um, I, I, I <laughs> going from not being on camera and doing this show to now being on camera and lit properly. Yeah, I shaved. I don't know if you noticed. I, I didn't. So, yeah, no. <laughs> I had to go to Lakewood yesterday for minor league monthly, so I cleaned up a little bit. I shaved too. Um, I guess besides us shaving, the big news <laughs> of the day would be the NFL draft. And, um, you know, you're an Eagles fan, uh, so I want to get your take not only on your team basically pulling a Sonny Weaver and, uh, you know, Shipping away, yeah, sh sh shooting away a lot of draft picks to go up there and, and get Carson Wentz. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna give you the floor. I'm gonna let you go. What did you think about the whole Philadelphia? Eagles I, I situation? can almost sum it up in like 30 seconds, to be honest. Um, as soon as they made the trade, you were hoping. I was hoping. Eagles fans were hoping it wasn't gonna be a quarterback, considering we have. Uh, $33 million or so invested in Sam Bradford, Chase Daniel over the next year or two. Uh, but it was. It was Carson Wentz, in fact. Um, luckily, because if the Rams had taken Wentz, I don't know what the Eagles would have done. I'm not sure if they were on Jared Goff as much as they liked Wentz. But you know what? Here's, here's the positive spin I'm going to put on this for any Eagles fans that are listening. Yeah, he's not as experienced. He played in, you know, 1AA or FBS, as it's called now. North Dakota State has won five straight national titles, so it's a successful program. They know how to breed success. You didn't say it right. What's that? It's North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah, oh, there you go. It's out near Fargo, Moorhead-y. <laughs> um, you just put Canada, Canada in, in there. there. Well, it's up there in the, the prairie, Saskatchewan, <laughs> whatever. Saskatchewan. Sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. Uh, so you have Bradford, who proved that he's a uh, functional NFL quarterback at times last year. You have Chase Daniel, who – Looks great in a hat and clipboard. Uh, yeah. And did so in Kansas City and New Orleans for his career. You have those guys. You don't necessarily need Wentz to start right away. So if Doug Peterson's got time, then, you know, maybe it's an Eli Manning situation where Bradford and or Daniel man the ship for six, eight games, maybe the whole year. I mean, Peterson himself did it in front of Donovan McNabb but, back in 99. So you're giving, yeah, you're giving valid points for that. But the, the whole point of me asking you this is – you pretty much have to hit on this guy. Well, yeah. You do. I mean, if you don't, if this guy turns out being uh, pretty much a bust, the Eagles have now 
pretty much, I don't want to say flushed away their future, but they flushed away well, a lot of they it. They traded a lot of picks, and they're going to be very quiet for the next couple of days because of it. Um, not as quiet as the Rams, who don't pick again until Saturday, but uh, unless they trade back into one of the second or third rounds. But, yeah, here's the thing. This was not a great quarterback draft. Goff and Wentz were the two guys. Paxton Lynch was drafted by the Broncos. They jumped in at number and 20. They, yeah, they, they moved up together. Which could be them. the steal of the draft, you know, depending on how the other two guys kind of pan out. But, again, this is where they were going. This is what they wanted. This is what they feel is best. So, yes, you have to hit. And we look back at the Luck RG3 draft. RG3 was good for a year and has been a boss since. You can go all the way back to Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf, and boy, are the Colts glad they made that choice twice. They made the right choice. The year of the quarterback in 99, I mean, McNabb outplayed all four of the other guys taken in the first round over his career. Culpepper was pretty good, but Cade McDown is probably selling insurance somewhere, and Tim Couch <laughs> is probably his intern. <laughs> Andre so, Ware, yeah. is he now? So, I mean, you know, and that's not even to mention Achilles Smith and that class. I don't know. You got to hope. You got to believe Doug Peterson knows what he's doing. He's an Andy Reid disciple. They're trying to bring it back to the Andy days. Is Carson Wentz Donovan McNabb 2.0? God, I hope so. Well, well, we'll soon find out. Now, my team, the New York Football Giants, and I, and I see a lot of people, they, they want us to talk about the Yankees. I, I get it. This is the Yes Network's uh, Facebook page, and the Y in the Yes Network stands for the Yankees. But those of you who never listen to our podcast, it's not a Yankee-centric podcast. This is a podcast about everything in sports. So... While we will... It's the anti-Seinfeld. Yeah. It's podcast about everything. Yes. While we will talk about uh, the Yankees from time to time, and they will be our main focus on this podcast, uh, they had the night off last night. Um, they're, they've lost 10 of their last 14. Uh, we'll get to them in a second. First, and the people who do listen to this podcast know that the decibels tend to go up when things don't go right for one of my teams. And, you know, to listen, I was one of the only Nick fans probably on the planet that when Kristaps Porzingis was picked in the NBA draft that I liked it and I didn't go through the roof wanting to scream bloody murder and call for Phil Jackson's head. I liked the pick. I liked Kristaps Porzingis, and he turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, it worked out pretty well, right? <laughs> worked I mean, out pretty so well. Anyway. So, I'm trying to temper my anger for what happened at 10 last night with the New York football Giants. They go for not only the best available athlete, but the Giants are notorious for not being notorious when it comes to picking talent that has maybe a little bit of a shady or checkered past. Now, they had Tunsil on the board. Correct? They had Tunsil on the board. They had Tunsil on the board. Now, two teams uh, traded to get ahead of them and took the two guys that the Giants were rumored to covet at that 10 position. Conklin from Michigan State, the offensive tackle. Yep. And the linebacker, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but I think Chicago, the Bears. Uh, Floyd. Floyd. Floyd, sorry. Yeah. Uh, the Bears jumped ahead of the Giants to get Floyd. So now the Giants are sitting at 10 with Tunsil still on the board. And pretty much, if you're a Giant fan and you've seen this offensive line the past two years, now, towards the end of the seasons, they've kind of gelled together, but by that time, it was too late. It was too late. 
How many years do you have left with Eli Manning? Not too many, okay? That window is closing. And believe me when I tell you, I know when windows are closing. And here's why. Henrik freaking Lundqvist. That window is just about closed. So when you have an all-world, not all country, all world goalie like the Rangers do in Henrik Lundqvist, okay? And you're basically wasting his time with the New York Rangers, and we're both Ranger fans here, so Lou feels what I'm saying. It's true. Not a giant fan, though. I am. Why? On God's green earth, and I know Tunsil had the, 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 the video come out on Twitter with the gas mask, and he's doing the, the marijuana with the gas mask. Allegedly, I don't know. And then the the I don't know if it was tweets or it was Instagram or, or text that it was a little bit he of was, everything, it he, seemed like. On Instagram there were texts coming out where he was asking his coach at Ole Miss for money and then he was asked in an interview after he got drafted, did did you really get money? And then he actually admitted it. And then he was hustled off the stage by some handler and he was like right behind it. I mean she was unbelievable. Not happy about that. Unbelievable. And if you want to take you want to take it to the next level if you're the Giants. You go to a guy like Johnny Manziel. This guy, all world, he's got, what is it, what, what did uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan always say? You're, you're, what, you got short arms and deep pockets? No, not that. that. Not million that. dollar body, 10 cent brain? Million yeah. dollar body, 10 cent brain. That's what the Giants are trying to stay away from. And I get it. But you know what you're also trying to stay away from? A debilitating injury to your freaking franchise quarterback. You need help on the offensive line. I'm sure you could have brought this guy in who is the size of a yacht, and you could have got him in line in order to be a New York football giant and protect your prized possession, Eli Manning. Now look, I don't know about you. I, did, I didn't hear one thing about Eli Apple besides the fact that at, during an interview with the Falcons down at the Combine, some guy with the Falcons asked him if he liked men. That was the only thing, and the guy with the Falcons got in trouble well, for that. Well, was, there was also with Eli Apple, too. And the, and the cooking. Yeah, he can't cook. Th this, is, this is what we're talking about. Neither could my mom. It didn't I, hurt her. I mean, damn. <laughs> could she play corner? <laughs> She's too small, undersized. She's only like 5'1". Anyway, my point is, I, I know they needed a third cornerback. They did. But I think your main, your main priority, and you could fight me all day, if you're a Giant fan on this. Your main priority is to protect number 10, and they didn't do that. I don't, this guy is quote-unquote good. Every grade I saw, and he needs to grow. His, his ball-hawking skills need work. Reading all these uh, scouting reports on the guy, he's a project. He's a redshirt sophomore, and the Giants took him with the 10th freaking pick because of his character they could have got another cornerback who went right after him vernon hargraves thank you florida and 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 the buccaneers were probably like oh oh they were horseshack after the giants made that pick if you don't know who horseshack is boys and girls look him up use the google machine but i, I i'm just look, fed yeah up. i I'll be honest. I was I was on the way home from Lakewood last night. As I said, I was down there for minor league monthly, and I was on the way home listening to uh, the draft coverage on uh, Dave Rothenberg and Anita Marks. Uh, we're on ninety eight seven, doing the draft coverage. And you know, Dave's an unabashed uh, Giants fan, which anyone who remembers him from his time on the Michael K show uh -huh. uh, definitely knows. 
And he was just... He was flabbergasted, and Anita Marks was literally speechless when that pick came out. I think we all were. I mean, listen, you know, Warren Sapp had character issues. Warren Sapp still has character issues. He's a issues. Hall of Famer! He's a Hall of Famer, and the Buccaneers got him at 13, which is where Laramie Tunsil went to Miami. So maybe it's a thing with Florida teams getting character issue linemen at number 13. There's a lot of synergy in that. But, I, I mean, did you see the... I, did you see the Giants' offensive line last year? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. I, I mean, watched every game. To call them Swiss cheese would be insulting the Swiss cheese yeah. makers. Yeah. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't get it. Now, granted, yes, this is a league. A lot of people try to defend it, and this is a league where they play three wides a lot, and you need three. You need three cornerbacks, and they have DRC, and they signed Janoris Jenkins away from the Rams, who's also a Florida guy. So him and Hargraves could have had a little natural connection mm-hmm. there. But uh, you know, they they have their third corner now, but they still have. I don't know, Richburg playing right tackle or Weston Richburg is not is not your your problem. He he's your center if everybody's healthy and he he's a damn good center. Um but guys like uh Hargraves who went right after Apple, Rankins, they could have used a defensive tackle too, and then Tunsil, of course, goes to the Dolphins. I I just think we're gonna be looking back at this draft in maybe five or six years and you're gonna be looking at the headstone of Jerry Reese saying, you know what, it finally caught up to him well, and that was the draft that did you know, it. here's the thing and I'm I'm gonna look up because I don't remember the exact order of everybody, so I'm gonna pull up the NFL draft first round here, but that's the thing you and I have talked about. It's the thing Doug and I talked about on the Yes Men a lot. I, I've said it to you is like how much of a rope is Jerry Reese gonna get for the two Super Bowls that Ernie, of course, he's I, had a lot to do with. I, I don't know. And now, you know, they were talking about Miles Jack, and he's got the knee injury, and is he going to need microfracture surgery and this and that. And, you know, you have four or five years, maybe. Do you take a risk? Can you afford it? This is a huge risk. And if it doesn't work out, look, if Laramie Tunsil didn't work out, and he turns out to be just like some crazy, stupid pothead and can't stay on the field, and he, his career Josh Gordon's itself. Mm-hmm. Then at least Jerry Reese can look back and say, you know what? We took the guy who was best available on our board. He flaked out. It's not our fault. We knew he had issues, but we couldn't help We him. took the best guy. We took the best guy. If this guy flames out, it's like, well, we passed up on a guy who could be a franchise tackle because he, you know, had a few indiscretions. Who could, not, who could not only be protecting Eli Manning, but other quarterbacks in the future as well. From Ryan Nassib on down to whoever they eventually oh, yeah. draft to, to, to take over for Eli. But... Yeah, if you're going to take a risk, I think you would rather take a risk on a guy with character issues than a guy who wasn't really even a high first-round grade at a position that's not necessarily a position of need, given you just signed a cornerback. Do you think any guys on the Broncos, the the Super Bowl champions this past season, do you think any of those guys on that team had character issues when they were coming out of the draft? Maybe. I'm sure they did. They won a Super Bowl. I mean... You know, they any look at uh, look at any Super Bowl championship team across the book. Michael Irvin with the Dallas Cowboys. Did he have character issues coming out of Miami? Look at championship teams across all sports, across years, across the leagues. I mean, there's guys that have been character issues everywhere. The the New England Patriots have have a history of signing guys with character issues. How'd Corey Dillon work out for them? How'd Randy Moss work out for them? How'd insert the next player on the line work out I think for them? Belichick gives them a lobotomy as soon as they walk I, into the practice facility. I mean, he, could, facility. he could be the nurse ratchet of the NFL. But, <laughs> you know, here, too, not only that, you mentioned Rankins and Tunsil. Uh, Taylor Decker from Ohio State went 16 to the Lions. He's an offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe they could have used Darren Lee, you know, an outside linebacker kind of safety hybrid that went to the yeah. that went to the Jets. Jets. The Jets took a couple him. of other corners went later in the round. Kenny Clark, uh, Kendiche, Vernon Butler, three straight DTs at the end of the round. I'm not as I mean, I'm not as upset at them. There's a lot of guys over there. not taking a linebacker, and the guy that they wanted, Floyd, went to the Bears. They needed an offensive tackle. They needed an offensive lineman. They got linebackers in free agency. They brought in Olivier, Olivier Vernon from the Dolphins. Yep. They, they solidified, they helped solidify their linebacking core in free agency with all the money they had to spend. What about Shaq Lawson? I, thing. He was drafted later. I, draft. actually, I actually texted Greg Breton, who works on the Michael K show and who is an avid giant fan and football fan and should be on this podcast talking about football because not only is he nuts <laughs> he is very knowledgeable and he would be, I texted him right before the Giants picked and I put Shaq Lawson question mark and he gave me the receiver that was ultimately taken by the Vikings later in the first round Treadwell? Yeah. The speed, the speedster? Yes. He, he said Laquan Treadwell. Lightly. Uh, and I said Shaq Lawson because every time we taped the Michael K show highlights at this desk, Greg would, he stands behind the camera and he goes, with the 10th pick in the 2016 NFL draft, the New York Giants select Shaq Lawson. And I'm like, well, he's here. He's there. He's 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 there for the picking. And they did. And they didn't. He's the big Aristotle Jr. And he's in Buffalo. So he's in he's in New he's, York. He's with the Ryan brothers. Sort of. Look, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, we we can move down through the the round. You know, you look at what the Jets got in Darren Lee. They got a guy who I assume is basically going to be Dayon Buchanan part two. Todd Bowles had Buchanan as a rookie when he was Arizona's defensive coordinator. He's Kind of big, big for a safety, small for a linebacker. That hybrid role. I want to. I want to. The need, but at twenty, it's a lot harder than ten. How? Here's here's the thing. Jerry Reese said, apparently, according to a statement that was released, that we got the best guy on our board who didn't have issues, which obviously eliminates. <laughs> but he was the third best right. cornerback on the board. That eliminates Tunsil. That maybe eliminates Miles Jack because of his knee issue. That eliminates uh, the other linebacker from Notre Dame, because Jalen Smith, because of his you know issues. His his dead foot injury so okay that's a great thing to say but it's coach b he's like oh he always got the guy we wanted at 29 you're always gonna oh we got the guy we wanted well of course you did because you had 29 guys rated on your board and up to 28 of them are gone and this is the highest guy you had left so of course it's the guy you wanted all right i have to respond to steven nagler here he he, he steven first said what are you going to say if they get offensive line help in round two okay let me take that one first that's not the point, and they can do that. The point is, at 10, you're in a very, very – it's a position that you're not in every year. Mm-hmm. You've you're, you got the number 10 pick in the NFL draft. I mean, this is a place where you take the best player. The best, regardless of issues, regardless if the guy had a freaking mask on his face, he's 310 freaking pounds, and he plays tackle. That, that you take him, you take him. You don't you don't take a guy that's twenty years old. He's a redshirt sophomore at Ohio State. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, you know he'll develop. He's good. His mom is all over the place today with quotes. Oh, you're never. You're, no one's gonna outwork him. His mother said this, not me. He's the black Eli Manning. That's what his mother said. Face the wrong position. Facial expression. Um, 
the way he carries himself, uh, everything. That's what she said. That's what she called him. So that's number one. You're in that spot. You don't take the third best freaking cornerback on the board at that moment in that spot with the number 10 pick. That's number one. So if they take an offensive lineman in the second round, Anybody they take in the second round, to me, if Tunsil doesn't flame out like Lou said, if Tunsil becomes an all-pro, who the – are you going to remember who the Giants took at, in, at the offensive line in the second round of the 2016 draft? Are you going to remember the all-pro Tunsil that's been blazing holes for, for running backs on the freaking Dolphins and not the Giants? You know, the Giants didn't have a running game either. I could sit here and talk till I'm blue and red in the face about protecting Eli Manning, but where was their freaking running game last year? It was nowhere. It was non-existent. The Giants have, besides being with Eli Manning, they have based their, their heartbeat on a running game. They didn't have that last year. And he said one more thing. He says the guy has won Super Bowls. He deserves the benefit of the doubt. The first Super Bowl Jerry Reese was a part of was mainly Ernie Accorsi. It was. Even the second one, there were a lot of Accorsi guys still on that team when they won that second Super Bowl. A lot of the defense, a lot of leftovers on that defense. So Jerry Reese has gotten enough passes. And if Tom Coughlin got the boot last year, Jerry Reese should have gotten the boot too. It shouldn't have been one or the other. It should have been both, and you should have had a fresh start. And if you were going to keep Jerry Reese, Tom Coughlin's rear end should be getting one more year with all the money that this guy has with the cap that he spent and the draft, the 10th round, the, 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 the 10th pick in the, in the first round of the draft. Tom Coughlin should still be the freaking head coach if you're going to give this guy his job still. I'm sorry. The other thing about it, to, to that guy who, you know, Steven Nagler, um, I'm looking right now at the top NFL draft prospects at offensive tackle from NFL draft rankings, which is a pretty good uh, collaborator. There's one, two, three, four, five, six offensive tackles in the top 50 prospects. Five of them were picked in the first round. The Giants got none of them. So Jason Spriggs from Indiana, 6'6", 301. He's, he's got a first, second round grade. He's number 34 overall prospect. LaRaven Clark, that's so LaRaven, uh, was the number seven positional prospect. 6'5", 316, he has a second round grade. That's it. So it's not like there's a wealth of talent at offensive tackle that's available. And there's a reason these guys have second, third, third, fourth, fourth, fifth round grades. They're not Laramie Tunsil. They're not Ronnie Stanley. They're not even Taylor Decker or Jermaine Afedi, who was the last pick of the, of the first round. So, yeah, I have to agree with Chris. You don't take the third best corner available on the board when you have a franchise tackle staring you in the face. Yes, I understand, and I'm not downplaying the possible pay-for-play situation, the whole gas mask thing. I'm not, I'm not condoning or downplaying that in any way, but you know what? People make mistakes. And, he, you know and, what? and if he turns out to be an all-pro tackle, this is going to be the mistake that, that puts the nail in Jerry's coffin. He could be Josh Gordon, okay? He could turn into Josh Gordon. He could flame out, pardon the pun, and not be an all-pro and knock it to his third year. Who knows? We don't yeah, know. He could be Justin Butt. He could be Henry Mejia. And he that's could have why, two years and then all of a sudden. And that's why I preface this whole thing by talking about Kristaps Porzingis. Because I didn't flip my lid when the Knicks picked him. I'm flipping my lid over Eli Apple because I, I, all the reasons I just mentioned, I'm not going to repeat myself and say it over and over and over again. Um, and Steven said, so it's me saying Tunsil and 10 GMs avoiding him. 
Uh, listen. Well, 12. 12, 12 technically. 12 technically avoided him. I'll, wait, we'll take that back. It is 10 because there were two tackles taken ahead of him. So. All right, yeah. The, the Ravens and uh, whoever ended up taking Conklin. Um, that would be, according to the big board, Tennessee. And uh, Tennessee you know, they, they, traded they, up to they get took, him. They took guys that they wanted in the same position. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. Hey, my I, team took a quarterback that may be the third-string quarterback for a year. So, you know, who knows? Who knows is right. All right, where are we at uh, time-wise? We are at the magic hour uh, is currently at uh, about half. All right, good. So we can move on, I guess, from the Giants. Uh, let's talk a little baseball. Uh, D. Gordon, uh, last year's NL batting champ, last year's uh, hits leader, last year's stolen base leader, last year's fielding percentage leader, uh, is suspended for 80 games. Uh, he got caught with um, an anabolic steroid close to ball. Now, it's only effective. Sounds like an Olympic sport. I, I, yeah, I, I looked it up. It, and according to this medical site that I, I looked up, it's only effective as an anabolic steroid when injected intravenously. Uh, numerous reports, though, over the past decade exist of athletes testing positive after taking legal medications or having sex with women who use gynecological products that use Clostebol. Now, here's the catch-22 with that. The FDA, according to this website, has not approved the use of Clostebol in any meds or gyno products in the United States. Therefore, if it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And D. Gordon, you know, he doesn't look like Mark McGuire. He doesn't look like Barry Bonds, circa, you know, the 73 home runs with the San Francisco and, Giants. And there's a lot of jokes already being made about Barry Bonds being the Marlins hitting coach. He has nothing to do with this. Because D. Gordon was with the Marlins last year, putting up all those ridiculous numbers. And if he was doing this... Now, and he, and he says he had 20 clean drug tests. He points to those before this one. So he threw that into the fray here, but there will be no appeal. He's serving the 80-game suspension. Draw your own conclusions. I just wish guys would come clean. I'm so sick of all these players dodging it. Just come clean. But you might be wondering why this is sitting here. Is that John McEnroe? It is. So I brought this up for everybody to take a look at. John McEnroe, this is John, Johnny Mac circa 1986. Now, after his ex-wife, Tatum O'Neill, said uh, he did steroids, he came out and admitted he unwillingly was taking steroids for a six-year period starting in 1986. So I, I got this picture off the Internet, circa 1986 John McEnroe. Does that look like a guy that's done steroids? So no. there you go. Uh, it doesn't really jack you up. It, 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 it could do various things. It could do that. Um, it could get you back from injury quicker. Uh, we've seen that before with the uh, deer antler spray accusations of, of Ray Lewis. Uh, there's a lot of things to digest here. But, I mean, come on. Just, just come clean. Really? Really? If you're going to swallow it and you're going to take the suspension, just, I did it. Given, Let's move you know, on. The the Chris Colabello thing, you know it. What, the way the way it was caught, you can believe maybe that it was a little unintentional. This there's no 
I mean, he's caught with his hand in the cookie jar and denying that he's trying to take cookies. That's really the only way there is to put it. So it sucks. Yeah. Is what it does for the Marlins because they lost a dynamic leadoff hitter, a very good defensive infielder, their lone speed threat. And now they have to replace him with, I don't know, do you move Martin Prado to second and go for somebody? Here's an interesting thought I had. Because I was listening to a little MLB Network radio this morning, and, and Jim Duquette had the same thoughts you did about this. But how it's unfortunate now that the Marlins paid D. Gordon all this money, and now they're going to miss out on half a season. Yes, they don't have to pay him, but they miss out on him half a season. It doesn't affect his free agency because he's still going to be a free agent at the end of his deal. It doesn't affect his service time. What about Dustin Ackley? And here's my thought. Dustin Ackley has, what, like 13 at-bats, mm-hmm. 14 at-bats for the Yankees this year? Is in that Garrett Jones role where he hasn't really had a chance to play because mm-hmm. nobody's hurt, nobody needs a day off. They're playing a ton of lefties, so they're not going to add another lefty bat in the lineup. What about maybe looking into a trade to see if Dustin Ackley might fit as a second baseman for the time being for the next 80 games in Miami? And then that super utility guy down there where he may get a few more at-bats because they have to pinch it for the pitcher on a daily basis. They'll have some American League games where he can DH or play second base or, or the outfield, maybe Stanton DHs, and maybe looking to see what they can get out of a prospect or something because the Yankees have Nick Swisher, Chris Parmley, first baseman outfielders in AAA. They have several outfielders in AAA that hit left-handed that could play that role. They have Ref Snyder who can play second and third. There's Pete Cosma and Solano and Diaz and all those guys. There's enough, enough in the organization to make up for what Ackley's giving them. Not necessarily the potential, but enough in the organization to make up for what Ackley's giving them. Which is nothing right now, and it's no so fault maybe of Ackley's. shed a little salary off the books and see if you can get something from the Marlins who might be a little desperate for a hitter. I, Just a thought. Not that I'm promoting the Yankees need to trade Dustin Ackley, but given their situation yeah. right now, just, just an interesting thought. They have plenty of depth for what he does. Yeah. So. And everybody wants, you know, our last podcast, everybody wants Nick Swisher back up here. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the other thing is, too. That is, was the prevailing thought. You know, you look at, you look at a guy like Colabello, who's, I think he's still, like, technically in his pre-Arb-Arb years because he's, you know, he's bounced around and this and that. But then you look at a guy like, like Gordon or you look at somebody who's under contract if they get caught, like Jake Arrieta, you know, we've talked about how he's flattered that everybody thinks he's on PEDs because he's turned into – you know, Cy Young yeah. last year and a half. But, you know, maybe in the next in the next collective bargaining agreement, when MLB looks at things like uh, how the qualifying offer stupidly hurts players or uh, other things, the possible expansion, which they're talking about, which is the last topic we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, maybe they might want to look into something with the players' union and say, hey, you know, uh, there's got to be a benefit for teams if they sign you to all this money and then you screw them over. Maybe you lose some service time. Maybe you... You know, maybe if you lose a full year, that year gets tacked onto the back end of your contract so that the team recoups their investment. Or maybe you have to play for the league minimum, like John Lackey had a clause in his contract, pitch for the league minimum last year and finish third in the Cy Young voting, the Cardinals. So, yeah, that's something to look into as well. Add that to the suspensions. Yeah. I, I completely agree because it doesn't seem like the suspensions are uh, scaring guys into stopping. It, it, it's still happening. And, you know, you hear people here and there say, well, the steroid era is behind us. No, it isn't. It's obvious it isn't. If this stuff is still happening, it's not behind us. Something has to be done to make, you know, 
the the only place, and that's a tremendous part uh, uh, thing to bring up by by Lou. You hit them where it hurts. You hit them in the pocket. If if you start hitting them where it hurts with money, with their contracts, uh, you put something in their contract, a clause. That if you get caught with this, you're down to the league minimum, and you have to sing for your supper again. Oh, whoops! I got caught. I'm going to sit out the next three months. Still getting paid. Whatever. Makes no sense. If that was the case. I I if I was having a nagging injury. I'd yeah, why not? Take a chance. Roll the dice. If I get caught, whatever. I get three months to heal. Now, look. No skin off my butt. I, I'm not that technical. I'm not a doctor. Um, but I, if a player does this because he wants to help his team, if he's injured, and D. Gordon, I don't think he was injured. I just think he was, you know, raking at the time. But, uh, you know, a guy that comes to mind is Andy Pettit. Another guy that comes to mind is Ray Lewis. That if he did do that deer antler spray or whatever the hell it was, you know, allegedly, to get back and help his team in the Super Bowl, how could you look negatively at a guy who wants to get back and uses that stuff to help the healing process along so we can get back and compete? Now, I know it's illegal. Uh, I know that it gives you an unfair advantage. Like if you're hurt and you shouldn't be back, well, you shouldn't be there. Right. You shouldn't be helping your team. You shouldn't be back. Well, but that's it, almost an Andy Pettit situation when he admitted well, that, to having used yeah. that the one time he got, you know, was linked to HGH. Mm -hmm. He used it to heal an injury, and that was it. It's almost that situation. But And Mike Marola, just reading the comments, Pettit took it like a man. He wanted to heal faster and perf not perform better. That's exactly right. Exactly. Right. So that's the situation. Good he admitted to it. Mike. Yes, Mike, you're tremendous on, on your part. Right on, the, right on the mark there. You're on the mark, Tashara. Let's move on because I know we've we got to wrap this up here. We're almost at our time limit. So let's move on to the expansion thoughts. Mm -hmm. I see you have some, uh, some cities courtesy of John Rossi. It's one of the other things yeah. in the recent, you know, what will MLB discuss as the collective bargaining agreement comes up. And expansion to 32 teams is, uh, is one of them because it would make scheduling a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, sixteen and sixteen. Sixteen and sixteen. Go there figure. wouldn't be an interleague series every day. Right. Uh, there wouldn't be weird numbers for wild cards because I'm assuming they would go back to an eighteen playoffs if they had if they were divisions like the NFL. I have a, I have a Cliff Clave and a little known fact for you. Okay. You buzz. That's AJ Herman texting me. Paging Mr. Herman. You have a telephone call at the front desk. Um, By the way, this podcast will not be available on demand because for some reason. Uh, Garage band crapped out on me. So. All right. Well, it'll live here on it's Facebook. Facebook Live exclusive. Yeah. Uh, did you know, uh, Nam, that the largest metro area in the United States or Canada without a baseball team is Montreal? I did know that because I also read the same article. Okay, great. Well, there you go. The largest metropolitan area in the U.S. or Canada without a baseball team is Montreal. And I saw something in there. Uh, our colleague John Morosi wrote also that the Tampa Bay Rays. Maybe the team, you know, if it's not an expansion team, the Tampa Bay Rays might be moving north. Uh, to another godforsaken dome. Well. Well, they're, re they're redoing, either redoing Olympic Stadium or building a new one. So. Stadio Olimpico? Stadio Olimpico. Jorge El Curioso. You built Stadio <laughs> That's Curious George in Spanish for those non-Spanish. No, right down the street. The tower. This is where the podcast goes off the rails on a daily basis. So if you're tuning in for the first time, you're welcome. Yeah. So um, I'm all aboard Montreal, a return to Montreal, because, I mean, they've learned in the 10 years, 12 years since the Expos became the Nats. And make Pedro the GM. Yeah. 
Make uh, Andre Dawson put him up there in charge somewhere. Randy Johnson's the president of baseball operations. And Mark Langston is the mascot. There you go. Bingo. What? We did it. There you go. We solved it for Montreal. <laughs> what else you got there? All right. The other cities that are in the running. Austin was the second one he mentioned. Uh, followed by, and I don't know how you make this work in Vancouver. That, that's the, rough. The idea would be maybe they become an AL West team and Seattle doesn't have to fly everywhere. But, yeah, Vancouver. But the weather. The mm -hmm. weather is what I would worry dome. about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving right along after Austin and Vancouver, honorable mentions, uh, an international city like Mexico City, uh, a Latin American city like that, uh, Charlotte, and Nashville, also honorable I, I mentions. I don't think Mexico City is a good idea for multiple reasons. The fact that Mexico City is not the safest place in the world. Drug cartels? That, yeah, it's not, not safe. I mean, if you want to put a team in, like, you know, the middle of nowhere. Cancun? You know, I can see that, but yeah. The port of the port of Vallarta Sharks. Uh, looking from that list, I would say Montreal and then Austin or Nashville. Because you also have to think, you know. So you you'd have at, Austin, Houston. You can make Austin, and, Houston, and the, Rangers. the Rangers, and somebody else a division. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Arizona if you move them the to Central. the American League. Yeah. You make the other that thing the you Central. have to remember is is. Or the whenever, Southwest. Yeah, whenever or wherever this happens, there's going to be radical realignment like there was in the NHL when they re realigned into those weird divisions. The yeah. Metropolitan Division. Milwaukee, Houston have both changed leagues. The Seahawks changed leagues years ago when they rejiggered teams. So you kind of have to not only look at geography and the ability. Like Montreal, they could build a dome. Fine. Austin is beautiful most of the year. That's fine. Nashville, Kim, same Kim thing. Kim Tita says, and Kim is uh, the wife of my best friend in the world back in Turks South River, New Jersey. Turks and Caicos has a puppy beach. So how about you put a baseball stadium right next to the puppy beach? The Providencial is Los Baseballs. There you something. go. Whatever whatever he just said. I, I don't no know. Idea. I, I would think Montreal and then either Austin or Nashville. Is that Greg? Is Greg in here? It is not. All right. I was going to bring him on, but. And we can talk more about this if, if it actually happens. But you also, like I said, have to remember, they're going to have to fix things geographically. You know, you know, the American League East would lose Tampa Bay because they're so far south. Maybe you move them around to the National League and put them with Atlanta, and if there's a team in Nashville and the Nationals or something. If you know, Tampa moves to Montreal, the Yankees... Austin and Nashville. Right, and if they stayed in the AL East, you would have the Yankees not going any further south than Baltimore in their own division. It's true. You could also put Toronto and... This and many more inane facts that you never need to know are always found on the Chris Sheeran Show. You could also put Toronto, Montreal, Boston, and the Yankees in a division and completely lose. The, I mean, there's a lot of things they could do. It would be interesting. You come up with an idea, and I'll come up with an idea, and next week we'll share them. How about that? For realignment? Yeah. And we're going to pick two of these pick teams? Pick two of those cities. Possibly three if you decide to relocate Let's make race. it even. Let's make it even funner. Is that a word? Funnier? Funner? Funner, sure. Funner? Fun? Uh, more fun. Me fail English. That's impossible. Well, yeah. That's why my wife has to proofread my blogs. Um, I stink at punctuation. You could have just left off the at punctuation. Kevin knows this, too. He, Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what's the point? All right. Not only do we pick two teams and realign the divisions, we also have to come up with the new team's nickname. Oh, fantastic. And then Kevin. The Montreal Moose. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin is, and it can't be the Expos. It has to be something All different. Right. No Expos. And Kevin's going to be the judge. 
All right, so then that means... And whoever wins gets a nice prize. All right. So that means that the Sounds, the Knights, and... <laughs> did Vancouver had a team at some point, right? Like in AAA or something? Buzzball? Yeah. Were they the Trappers? I don't... I don't I All right, can't so remember. Charlotte and Nashville have teams. So the Sounds and the Knights are out, because those are already the minor yes. teams. And no Expo. Are they, are they both AAA? They're both AAA, uh, no? Charlotte is AAA. They're in the International League. They play Scranton-Wilkes-Barre. Nashville, What's, I believe, is a AAA. Is Canapolis... Is that a single-A team, the Intimidators? Yeah, they're in the... Uh, one of the South Atlantic, South Atlantic League, I believe. They yeah. play their river dogs. All right. Named after Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> yes. Kim, Kim, the reason I said that is because your lovely husband and me, uh, we, <laughs> we came up with some uh, very naughty nicknames. <laughs> For some teams, which will remain, yeah, which will remain nameless uh, on this podcast because I like I like paying my mortgage. Let's be honest. Uh, All right, I guess Montreal Bartolos. That's a good one. There you go. Montreal will trade everyone away. Yeah. So anyway, Lou Rochelle Senior. Thank you very much for watching. I appreciate that. Uh, You know, this is very. This is this is tremendous. What. Oh yeah, well Kim Kim can't watch yes because she has Comcast. No. She's in the same pickle that my parents are in in South River. That's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. So we'll come no? up with our yes. Plans. Yeah, we'll come up with our plans and we'll share them on uh, next week. All right. So all right, we have homework. We have to come up with the all right. Why don't everybody who's watching just leave a comment? These are the cities that are out there for possible expansion given to us by our good buddy John Morosi at Fox Sports. Montreal, Charlotte, Nashville, Mexico City, Austin, and Vancouver. Those six cities. You've got to pick two and give us... Or three if you decide to move the Rays. Right. We'll make that. Or, or three if the Rays move to Montreal, then you have to put another one in there. So give us your two or three teams from those cities with the nicknames... And we'll read the best ones on the show on Monday. You can leave them as a comment here, or you can like the Chris Sheeran Show on Facebook. Uh, it's uh, slash Chris Sheeran Show. Right. Just search in the search it, bar, like type in the Chris Sheeran Show, and you could like us. You could follow us. Uh, you could leave a comment there as well. We appreciate everybody I will, uh, watching. I'll put up a post as soon as we're done here. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week, Monday. Lou and I will be back. Don't forget, follow us on Facebook. As Lou just said, type in the Chris Sheeran Show to the search engine there. And also go to Twitter, at Lou DiPietro, yes, at Chris Sheeran, yes. We'll see you Monday, everybody. Peace.